Hello, everybody. This is Erica. This is Shari. And this is April. And you are now listening to Three Sykes and a Mic. Just as a disclaimer, although the contents of this show may be educational and therapeutic in nature, this should not be considered a replacement for therapy with a licensed professional. If you would like more information on how you can find a therapist in your area, please contact us on social media. Hello, everyone. Um, Happy whatever day you're listening to this (laughs) on. Uh, hey, Eric and Shari, how are y'all doing? Hey, doing good. What's up? What's up? How's your week? Um, it's been good, actually. I got to see my parents after I had not seen them in like two months. Oh, that's long Yeah, for it you. is. So it was yeah. a really good visit. Really good nice. visit. That's good. Did you stay over? It was a, a no, day? it was just a day visit, but we stayed, you know, for a good bit of the day. I think we probably stayed maybe like five, six hours. Oh, okay. yeah, that's a good. Oh, that's mm-hmm. nice. That's good. That is a pretty I know good they visit. were happy to see. Yeah, me. it was really good. So yeah, my week was pretty good, kind of up and down. It was pretty um, chill at work this week, so I'm, you know, happy about that. So it was, it was a good week. Not too many highs, not too many lows. Just going. Hey, <laughs> sometimes that's what you need. <laughs> yeah, good. you know, I'm going to take it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to take it. What about you, April? How was the second oh. week of school for you? Oh. All right. <laughs> we like in DEFCON. Three. Oh. I don't know. How, how far does it go? <laughs> to five? Y'all are. It is. It's crazy. Um, My students finally got their syllabus. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> the third, Hallelujah. third class session. Um. They've already emailed me to ask if we can go fully online because I do hybrid style where one day a week we're in person and the other day is um, online just so they can, because majority of my students are um, freshmen or first year and first generation college students. I want them to get that experience mm-hmm. of being in a classroom. Yeah. Um, but just with everything that's going on yeah. and our classroom is not set up like I thought it would have been. I'm not comfortable either. Oh, so as I far think as I like am just kind of moving. Yeah, because people move the seats around like they were set up. And I'm glad that I, I ran into the um, one of the facilities people. And I think he overheard me like complaining about yeah. how the room was. And he said, well, let's let me come back. Let, let's go look at it. And he showed me like where cleaning supplies because I didn't know that the room had cleaning supplies okay. in there. And like, um Lysol and wipes because they need everybody to wipe down after class because they don't have right. the staff to do it after each class. But they had moved the chairs, like whoever was in there before, because they had chairs marked, you know, to not sit in. And because my students beat me, they always will beat me to class because yeah. I'm usually coming from something else. And I walked in, I said, "Are y'all six feet apart? I need y'all to move," because <laughs> they just sitting and they tried to space out. But as more and more came in, I'm like, "Ooh, this is gonna be tight." So. It's it's just been a crazy week. Um, it's been I, I yeah, that's the best way I can say it on a public <laughs> place. I mean, you might have to request a room change. Like, I don't even know if we honestly. I don't know where we would go. Yeah, because I have thirty. Well, students. that's not even for you to determine. Oh, you're right. That's that's for them you're to right. determine because I know for the university that I work with, um, that was something that. They spent all summer trying to figure out, like, mm-hmm. okay, one, we have to cut the class sizes in yeah. half. Mm. Yeah. And then, you know, we got to make sure that the classrooms will adequately suit. So then what they did was, for every room, they went and did six feet apart, yeah. six feet apart. How many desks will fit in here yep. six feet apart? Same. And those are the only desks Same. that can be in there. Same. They They did that. And technically, the guy said, if we do every other seat that should work so it would we'd have to kind of play around with it but also Mm -hmm. it's just a lot going on so um, yeah and and my whole thing was like if y'all are nervous about coming in person I'd rather just go online I'm fine because I'm six feet away from y'all so (laughs) but I understand the concern too um but yeah it's just been it's been a lot it's been a Mm -hmm. lot um co-workers are stressed and and pushed beyond the limit it's been a week, so I was excited, and I, I'm going to do a little bit of work today. I said I'll give them an hour to just help with some stuff, but um, 
Well, pray for me because in the middle of all of this, I'm also supposed to be in my tenure and promotion oh, here. Goodness. Oh, shoot. So that's work on top of work. Yeah. Ooh. I don't even know. I don't wow. know. Do you? Can you get a, G, a, a grad assistant? Because I helped in grad school. That was my assistantship is I helped the lady with her. Oh, very uh, nice. Like getting her stuff together. For, I, I have yeah. um, I have a graduate student who we are just finishing up her work mm-hmm. and she has offered to assist me. Yes. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Hopefully so, because that's just so much work on top of what you're already having to do with students and their research and their work. Right. Right. Wow. Well, I will definitely be praying for you. Yeah. Same. How is, yeah, and we don't have to talk about this on air, but how are you, how is everyone's family back in Louisiana? So, uh, my family is safe. Everybody's safe that I know of. Okay. Um, family, friends that are kind of throughout Louisiana and Texas, um, line sisters, everyone's safe. Um, everyone has different levels of damage. Um, so mm. the city where I, Grew up, my mom's family, kind of where I was raised, there was about 95% power outage on Thursday, and they were projected to have lights back on on Tuesday of the next week. And so my my mom, um, my brother, my grandmother, um, cousins and stuff, they're all without electricity. Um, Ooh. so, and it's August and it's hot, <laughs> it's, it's extremely hot and they've been without electricity since Thursday and today's wow. Sunday. <laughs> so for everybody who's wow. listening, it's been a minute. Um, I finally talked to my mom into going to one of my, um, like a family friend's house in Mississippi, um, to stay until the lights came back on. And so, mm. um, they were on their way there yesterday. Um, so that's good, but you know, um, still, you know, she didn't want to leave and all of that. So, um, but everyone is physically safe, physically safe. My grandma is with, um, another family member who has electricity. And so that's good. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's been a lot of damage to the city, which was already rebuilding from a tornado that hit about two years ago. Um, so yeah, so I've been, I guess that's been a big part of my week, you know, just kind of checking in with Mm -hmm. people, making sure people are okay. Like, Hey, are the lights back on? Don't want to talk to you too long because we don't want to run the battery down on the phone, like that type of thing. Um, cause I mean, they were put on curfew. They were told to ration water. So it's just, you know, uh, a pretty devastating storm that came through, um, and they got the worst of it. So, yeah. Yeah. So pr- prayers up for, for everybody sure. who absolutely um, were in that path of, was it Laura? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was Laura yeah, that the Lake kind of Charles, did the most. Alexandria. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So yes. well, definitely sending prayers send out. Prayers, sending prayers and definitely want to, acknowledge the passing of Chadwick Boseman you know just definitely want to acknowledge (laughs) that for a number of reasons um one you know being a um I won't ever say a South Carolinian but living here you know definitely your taxes say I know right (laughs) (laughs) these property taxes right Right. Um, but definitely for that reason but also just for what he did for the culture and just who he was whenever he Mm. was visible to us right so just like the grace and the dedication that he had to black people to Mm. just everything that he did like the amount of just (sighs) what he gave to us you know so definitely want to acknowledge that um on today yeah I am very uh, pleased that the governor um, of South Carolina uh, made the the move to have the flag um, flown at half staff mm-hmm. Sunday. That would be August 30th. Um, 
in his honor. And so I think that that says, you know, it does. a lot about how, who he was and just the character that, that shined through him has been seen and appreciated by so many people. Yeah. I'm glad you, you said that I hadn't even planned on, um, talking about it but I, I it hit me harder than I would have expected like for I was done Friday night Saturday morning Friday night mm-hmm. half a Saturday afternoon and was talking with a friend and I said I was like I think why his death is hitting so many people in such a like one has just been a very hard year and Chadwick when he was so young and yeah. he gave us a cultural moment in 2016 in a time where you know we didn't I don't think Trump was elected but it was just like you know all this crazy stuff was going on and he gave us a time for the first time in my lifetime I can remember black people coming together as a collective to celebrate the same thing like the hype and I'm not a big Marvel Mm -hmm. fan like I had only seen Iron Man Mm -hmm. (laughs) prior to (laughs) Um, so but it got people together got families together and and still to this day, you know, there was a Wakanda con that was an offshoot yeah. and he represented that, that black superhero. And then the other roles that he took in, you know, I don't know him personally, but he just seemed like a genuine guy mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. never heard his name being in anything. And then to see him, like he represented that for so many people and then to have him taken away so suddenly, right. like there wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, we heard that he'd been sick. Yeah. It was just like, boom, you scrolling. And it's like, what? Yeah. Wait. Mm-hmm. So the shock yeah. of, and then once you start realizing what that meant, you start doing the math mm-hmm. and like, this man was filming action movies, action yes. films, while one dealing with the diagnosis. Yeah. He was diagnosed right. as stage three, which is a whole, like it's so many layers to just a sadness. Yeah. So getting that type of diagnosis at 38 mm. yeah. and still going, wow. like he did seven, seven films. films post yeah a post terminal diagnosis. illness essentially because yeah. once you get to stage four yeah that's mm-hmm. tough so it's like this collective grief mm-hmm. that's been going and it can be weird sometimes when it's a celebrity because you're like well why am i yeah. so but i think it's what he represented, what he represented and we it? saw his star on the rise yes mm-hmm. like he was just getting started yeah. like this was the next denzel easily mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and who he chose to play like uh, it's yeah. such a tremendous, like I, even now, like it's just such a tremendous loss. Mm-hmm. And I love though that you pointed out like April, like, you know, sometimes we wonder like, why, you know, would I feel this way about somebody that I don't know? They're a celebrity. But I think it, it only just taps into those of us who are able to see the humanness in a human, right? right? Like take them off of this pedestal that I think, you know, mm-hmm. society plays and just say, let's look at the human and to be able to appreciate him as a human being is what I think people are responding yeah, to. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because I know for me, just hearing him talk about the roles and why he chose them um, specifically, like that's that human part, you know, like, of course, the things yeah. that we see on screen, like he was a impeccable actor but just Mm -hmm. hearing him say like I was very intentional about what I chose I wanted to create heroes for black people I wanted those stories to be told and just hearing that it's like as a human like his intention you know and just hearing his speech um, his commencement speech about his purpose and how he realized like this was his purpose you know and just those are the things that really make you connect and really make you say like wow like mm-hmm. life yeah. is meant to be lived and and he like he just showed that in what he did after his diagnosis like post diagnosis he yeah. was like you know I'm not like I'm still going to live in my purpose it's crazy yeah, yeah. crazy wow. I'm not gonna give up that I'm is... still gonna live in my purpose Mm-hmm. that right there I mean I'm like goosebumps just even and and you know that's not to say everybody has to deal with the diagnosis in the same way you know mm-hmm. but but just honoring and just respecting how he he pushed forward 
Um, and I, I was just thinking like, I had this whole scheme. I'm a Libra. Libras, we have crushes in our heads all the time and we'll come up with the whole thing. I had this scheme, this plan. I was like, okay, he's from Anderson. <laughs> His uncle, I think has a church in Anderson. <laughs> all I got to do is just go one Easter Sunday. Cause I'm sure it got to, it's going to be like some type coming. of Easter or homecoming <laughs> or pastor anniversary. And I was like, I just need to go that right pastor anniversary and be like, oh my God. Hey Chad, what's up? We should chat. <laughs> <laughs> then I later found out he had a girlfriend, so right. I was like, "Oh, well, never mind." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I had it planned out. I had it planned. Exactly. Knew where the church was and everything. I said, "Okay, we can make this." Right. Happen. South Carolina is small. Everybody knows somebody. Very small. In an, in an Anderson, everybody. And in everybody Anderson. Knows everybody. I just got to go to the you right. Probably would have got right. invited over for for Sunday dinner. See, okay. Listen, I had it. It was a plan. But she was she was ready, y'all. <laughs> ready. Stay ready. You ain't got to okay. get ready. Okay. Ain't that a quote? Right. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of being ready, today's show topic is all about you know how do I go into the process of finding a therapist? What is being in therapy like? What should I expect? And so we've had a lot of um, our listeners that have, you know, posed different questions at various points. And so we felt like it would be important to not just talk about like, you know, what is therapy like, but when you are ready to say, I'm going to, you know, go forward, I want to take that step, where should you start? What What's some things that you want to do? So today's uh, show, we're going to talk about that and just kind of give you some pointers and some things and hopefully kind of take the mystery out of going to therapy because a lot of times people don't even have you know others that they can talk to who have been through therapy to say hey what is it like you know so we are going to hopefully help you with that so that you know what it's like and you feel like you're not just walking into this process blind so one i want to start with um you know how do you look for a therapist? Well, I want to kind of start a pre before you look for a therapist and kind of like, how do you know when you are really ready to, to start looking for a therapist? Um, what do you guys think are some of the typical things that you hear from people when you're like, yeah, I think they're ready or they sound like they're really ready to kind of make that next step into pursuing seeking help? I think um, when they have acknowledged that something is off, and that they are open to discussing it. Because I think the even the idea of readiness is tricky um, because I think we can easily use that as an excuse to procrastinate. Yeah. Like, well, maybe, because we'll find a way to talk ourselves out. And I, I as a clinician, yes. I can tell you. I'm the you know, number one yeah. talker outer. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I think even just a, a semblance, like a, a, a small amount of, ready to acknowledge and to talk because I think once you actually start I think the therapy experience you become more open but if you can at least start with the position of openness Mm -hmm. I think that can help but once you acknowledge that okay something's not right yeah um yeah and I've I've tried all the the stuff that used to work and is not exactly that's the Mm -hmm. part I was gonna say like if you have went to through all your tools that usually help you pull yourself out of whatever space you're in and nothing is working, I often will say, okay, let's try, try therapy, like give it a try, you know, and you may not be ready or you may not know what ready feels like. Like you may not know what that even looks like for you. And so mm-hmm. giving it a try, even when you're not like, I am ready for this, you know, um, that might be something that's really useful. Mm-hmm. I I will acknowledge, like, I guess being a therapist, I'm so glad you said what you said, um, April, about, like, it's not even, the readiness thing is kind of tricky because I have had friends and it's been very frustrating in them constantly saying, I really need to find a therapist or I really need to go to a therapist. And they know exactly what the issues are. They know exactly where they need to kind of dive in when they go to therapy and they won't do it and again you know part of me is like okay I'm not gonna be Dr. Erica and you know be like look I'm gonna try to be that friend it's like well you know we, you know it, it would be really good and just kind of like you know encourage them but like it, it is be very frustrating um, especially to see them continue to have repeat issues 
um, especially on the friend side, you know? Um, But yeah, once you have exhausted all of your, your tools and they're no longer working, I, I think it's that time to, to step out, take a risk. You know, the one thing about, I like to tell people is the thing about making decisions is that if you feel like you made a decision that wasn't right for you, you get to make another decision. I love that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people feel like, well, once I do this thing, like if it doesn't work, I'm stuck. No, Mm -hmm. you made a decision. Mm -hmm. So make another decision, you know, or try something new. If you chose a therapist and that therapist didn't work out, choose another therapist. And I think that's a really key point because I think oftentimes with, especially with therapy, people don't realize that they can choose someone else. Like they can say, mm-hmm. yep, this isn't a good fit. And it's not a impact on the therapist. You know, it's not right. an impact on us. Um, and it also, you know, isn't an impact on, on them. It's like, okay, this isn't a good fit. That doesn't mean that you, you're you doing it wrong, that this isn't working. This isn't going to work. Um, you can make, I love that, make another decision and choose someone else or choose another therapist. Yeah. And so that goes into like people saying, well, I want to go to therapy, but I don't even know what to look for. Like, so how do I choose? Like, do I just open the phone book and just, we don't have phone books anymore, but (laughs) (laughs) just telling your age. Right. Right. I was like, do I just go to the yellow pages? It is not 1987. (laughs) Do I call the operator? (laughs) Do y'all remember the operator? Yes. Like you literally would hit zero and be connected to. Um, My mom used to work as an operator. Oh my gosh. I always (laughs) wanted to like do that. Like see what that was like in person and do like the switchboard. (laughs) Girl. Right. So yes, let's rewind and say, or fast forward and say, do I go to Google and just type in therapist? Well, hey, uh, you know, so looking for a therapist, and, you know, I'll get you guys feedback on this. But for me, you need to kind of like, what are some criteria that you have personally? And I start with just very basic things like, are you talking about, do you feel like you're going to be bringing up topics that you don't feel like you would be comfortable speaking with a male provider? You know, you need to check in first with yourself as to what do you think would make you make this process comfortable for you? Oh, well, I want someone who maybe is a little more seasoned. Maybe you don't want a younger therapist or maybe you do want a younger therapist. You know, what are some of the things that when you think about sitting across and talking with someone about your issues and concerns, do you feel, what what does that look like for you? How do you envision that? And some people might say, well, I envision it looking like me talking with like a friend. Or some people might say, I envision it looking like I'm sitting talking to like my close auntie. Right. So that'll tell you what kind, you know, what kind of, you know, demographic type things work for you. So you want to start thinking about those kinds of things. But also, let's go. If you have insurance, I always encourage people look to see who is in network for your insurance because you want you don't want to find somebody. You've gone through Google and you found them and like, this is who I want. And then they don't take your insurance Mm -hmm. or they're not covered under Mm -hmm. your insurance. So get an idea of what you're looking for. Check your insurance panel and then start your search as just a very broad start. Mm -hmm. What are some other pieces do you think goes into looking for a therapist? Along with the insurance panel, you can also call your HR department and ask about the employee assistance program. Um, And so, you know, if you are gainfully employed, most, most places have an EAP program. Um, And usually what I found out during this pandemic, I thought EAP was a nationally ran um, program. Um, It's state based. And so you definitely want to check in to see, you know, who your providers are in the EAP program and then start there. Um, And that way you won't have to fully worry about just like cost and things at the beginning. Um, Check to see how many Um, sessions you get, you know, all of those things, you want to ask those questions in order to fully equip equip yourself as you're going into the process. I will also say, um, if you have the time, 
and because sometimes if you're in crisis mode you just need to call <laughs> but mm-hmm. if you have the time to look into what they um what their interests or their specialties are because all you know all therapists and psychologists are not created equal right. um so taking a look into the areas and the cool thing about um if you use a service like psychology today you can filter out based off of um, your current needs so I think that's important and also ranking kind of the things that you would prefer because you may not always find so what are you okay with like compromising on right so you, you know are you okay if they're a little younger than what you'd prefer or if they're a different race or a different gender because especially if you're in an area where you know it's a small town mm-hmm. your options are going to be limited um, mm-hmm. another thing I think you should take in consideration is location is this is there office in a place that you can get to fairly easily, you know, cause you don't want to have traffic to be another thing you have to deal with um, when considering, you know, going to back and forth to appointments. Yeah. And always like once you feel like you've got your list and you have found um, one to three people that you might be interested in seeing, um, you can give them a call and ask to do a free just kind of like either consultation or like a really quick, um, I don't want to say interview, but just kind of a really quick like, you know, I want to check in to see you know, if this will be a good fit. Um, And that way you can ask certain questions, like what are your specialties? What do you specialize in? Um, And you're able to just get a feel for what that relationship might be like and what talking to that person might be like. You can ask them about their process. And also you can ask them about, you know, what they believe is like how they believe change happens. Right. And so you can have those types of dialogues without paying for most providers. But you just want to ask, is this going to be a free session for this just kind of check in or is this going to be a part of like something that I would have to pay for? Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I think is important because, you you know, April mentioned sites like Psychology Today. Um, There's also, you know, therapy for black girls for individuals who might be looking for um, minority providers. But one of the things that, you know, as uh, Shari mentioned, when you're interviewing or assessing for goodness of fit, Um, You know, there are going to be things that are listed under people's specialty areas. And I have noticed, you know, it seems to be a bit trendy for people to put culturally competent or work with diverse populations. If that is listed, um, I would absolutely ask what percentage of your clientele is composed of minority people or how comfortable are you or how regularly have you worked with actual clients because it's one thing in theory to believe that you're culturally competent versus in practice have you demonstrated (laughs) it and have you had success with working with minority clients because there are there are very you know part of our training is that you are trained to be culturally competent that does not mean that everyone has been successful in that training um and so i think it's very important to ask them what is, has been their success rate um, with working with um, someone who is like you, whether like you is, um, you know, a homosexual female, someone like you being, you know, African-American female or a Latina female or male, just whatever your concern is that you want to make sure they are competent in working with you. You want to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know April has um, a really good kind of list of questions to ask when um, doing kind of that first interview um, or just looking for someone. Um, I put you on the spot. Hopefully you're ready to share those. I I am not. (laughs) (laughs) We just said stay ready so you don't have to get ready. I'm talking about Chadwick, not therapy. Talking about a man with a strong back. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no, I'm not ready. Um, but no, some of the conversations are uh, questions are um, similar to what Erica said around how many of me have you worked with? 
um how are you staying up to date with being like what does that mean because honestly as a lay person i don't know what culture the competence mean as a psychologist mm-hmm. i mean i could assume but when you say that what does that mean like what trainings what readings how do you deal with race when it comes into the room or gender or sexuality when it comes into the room um so and i think those are things that you can can talk about um over the phone so i think that i remember yeah. uh, dr wright gave that suggestion which was great so you don't have to waste an appointment <laughs> to do so right um and the the thing too with a lot of that is, is you want to make sure that there's an, a, a level of awareness and that you're not seeing someone who's like we all bleed red type of mentality because exactly. then they're not going to which i hope would not happen but you never you know never know and that's one way right to at you know to kind of suss it out is even asking like how do you see, feel things like racial trauma social injustice impact change and current so that those are things that you can do to kind of get a feel um for the yeah and i like that you said the awareness because just because we are trained culturally competently trained does not mean that we know like it, the the training is is not what you might think it is, <laughs> you know, and so you want to make sure that there's an awareness, but don't go in saying, oh, this person didn't know the five rules of protest. You know what I'm saying? So like being able to have like a a pretty understandable point around like what awareness and what awareness level you need some people may not need a high awareness level and some people may especially depending on what you're coming in for too right Mm -hmm. yeah right for sure for sure exactly so then we talked about you know looking for a therapist um what should you do? You know, we talked about maybe making a call. Are there any other things that we should be encouraging people to kind of prepare them for that first session? You know, what are some things maybe you need to do? Um, and my my first thought is to prepare yourself to go in um, with an open, like oh, open, right? This is one of those things where being honest and authentic is going to be a benefit for both you and your therapist. Now that doesn't mean you go in and you just disclose all over the place. Cause again, this is building a relationship, right? So, but you do have to kind of go in saying, okay, I'm at least open to learning about who is going to be sitting across from me and allowing them to learn some things about me in the developmental process of this relationship. So again, just like being aware that there's going to be some level of openness that you have to come into it with. Again, I'm not Mm -hmm. encouraging you to go in and completely disclose all things in the first session. I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I feel like I've seen a lot of, um, attrition with that when people go in and they just dump everything and then it's it's mm-hmm. like overwhelming and they don't come back right um so right. there's a benefit in kind of being prepared with what do you you know what some of the initial things that you're going to have to share and we're going to talk about like what does that first session look like um so that yeah. you kind of have an idea of what might be expected of you to share yeah i think that's a really good first point of saying you know don't over share in that first appointment have a good framework of what you feel comfortable sharing and what you don't feel comfortable sharing in that first appointment and that's totally fine to say you know this is the first appointment i don't know if i feel comfortable diving into that um i often will say that initial appointment that very first appointment is a space for the therapist to get to know you, but also you to get to know a little bit about just the process of therapy. And so being able to say, you know, uh, that's not really something I feel comfortable sharing at this first appointment, but maybe that is something I'm hoping to dive into later. The therapist isn't going to say, well, you got to leave because we need all the information today. Um, so having some bounds set for yourself may help you with feeling a little bit more comfortable just going in, knowing what you will and don't feel comfortable sharing. Yeah, I'm going to um, probably take a slight pivot from that um i 
think, well, one, clarify the type of appointment your first appointment is. So um, is this a triage appointment where it's literally just fact finding, like getting basic information? Or is this your first like actual therapy appointment? Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I think sometimes the oversharing is because you've been holding stuff back for so long that it just comes out which I think is okay so if that does happen it's okay to even talk about that in the session so that hopefully you feel comfortable returning Um, because I think sometimes it is hard to put a lid on things when somebody finally asks how are you doing (laughs) like you may not be able to come in it may be a flood of it may be a flood of emotions and that's mm -hmm. that's what that's what the room is for um but being open so Erica said of like pushing past that discomfort so um typically with clients who I can tell are reluctant I always say give me three three give me three sessions after three sessions you're like this ain't gonna work that's fine but at least give me three sessions to see because if you just do what something for one time that that doesn't work in anything <laughs> you know mm-hmm. whether it's a anything for trying it once is not going to work so give yourself at least commit to a certain amount so that you can kind of really get a good idea um also i think the time of your appointment this is something i think sometimes people forget about thinking about you may not want to try to fit an appointment in the middle of your work day yeah you want to give yourself time to decompress to just kind of and i get it, everybody may not have that luxury like some of us is literally the only time you have then then I understand but if you can try to make it on the day where you don't have a lot going on or at the end of your day or at least if you can give yourself an hour or 30 minutes of just quiet time or your own time before you have to jump back into your responsibility so that's one Mm -hmm. thing I would say with with preparation is when are you scheduling that appointment is important Mm -hmm. absolutely so then April, you did point out like, okay, so what is what are we talking about when we say first appointment? Are we saying your intake appointment? Or are we talking about your first session? So typically in therapy, you will have an initial intake appointment. So the initial intake appointment tends to be that information gathering appointment, that um, appointment like uh, Shari mentioned about talking to you about the process of therapy. What will this look like? So this is also a good place to get the information. Again, you get to ask questions. You're going to be asked a lot of questions. Intake is, you know, demographic information. What's your work history? What's the history of your relationships look like? Family relationships, interpersonal relationships, relationships, you know, with your children, um, it's looking at any past traumas, any substance use, you know, any, it, I mean, it's a whole array. Like history of risk yeah. and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any kind of uh, suicidal ideation, you know, past harming behaviors. So yeah, some of the questions may bring up some things for you. We want you to answer and share that information, but if elaborating on those things is, you know, something that you don't feel comfortable in that first session, that's understandable. You know, you can just say, you know, I had a, you know, history of depression. Maybe I was in treatment in 2010 or whatever, you know, it kind of gives the therapist information about your past, you know, what are some, and then you were going to talk about what's your presenting concern now? Why are you coming to therapy now? Um, And this is your opportunity to kind of, Disclose. Now's the time to kind of, you know, let things out, you know, that maybe you haven't had the opportunity or the comfort level with talking to other people about um, so that they can get a picture of what's going on for you. And then how is this impacting you? Because we want to know what are you Mm -hmm. coming in with? And then how does this seem to be impacting you? And oftentimes people are coming into therapy because it's impacting them in a different number of areas in their life. So it may be impacting your ability to um, do do your typical day-to-day activities. It may be impacting your interpersonal relationships. You know, it's impacting you at the workplace. Um, it's impacting your mental health. You've noticed increases in anxiety or you notice increases in depression. It's impacting your physical health. You've noticed weight gain, weight loss, you know, whatever those things are. So it's all of this information gathering in that initial session. 
And that session is usually a longer session than some of your subsequent sessions after that. So it's usually about an hour and 20 minutes um, for that initial session because there's a lot of information to be gathered, but there's also time for you to talk to the therapist and ask questions. Yeah, yeah. And I will also point out, depending on the type of therapy you're going into, right? So when we talked about like those specializations and things like theoretical orientations that may come up. So if you're going into more brief very solution focused therapy for a very specific purpose, that first initial appointment may not go into certain things like family history or, you know, family relationships. That doesn't mean that that therapist is shortchanging you or isn't, you know, as attentive as another therapist. It's just that they may have a different focus and a different philosophy around change. And so those are things that you also want to just be aware of and if you have questions of why they're not asking certain things feel free to say like why aren't you asking me about family or why aren't you asking me about um, past abuse or things of that nature so then let's talk about what the first therapy appointment might look like so after all this information gathering what does that tend to look like usually this is when your therapist is formulating some type of idea around how they think they're going to be able to work with what you've come into the room with, like what you say you're dealing with. And this is when they're going to start the therapy work. And as um, Shari mentioned, depending on what their, you've heard us say it a couple of times now, theoretical orientation is, which that probably means nothing to anyone outside of the profession. (laughs) Um, But basically what is their framework for how they understand what's going on with you? And then how are they going to use that way of thinking about what's going on with you to help you get better? Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to explain it. Yeah, it's kind of the way that therapists see, like, how do your problems develop? And then how are they resolved? How are they treated? So it's going to inform like the focus of the counseling session It's going to inform the goals, um, what interventions, so what things you do, what activities you do. If you have homework, if you don't have homework, um, that informs a lot about what therapy may look like for you in each session. Yeah. And so it's going to vary. So some sessions, it may feel very loose where it's kind of like, so how are you doing today? And it goes from there, whereas some may have an agenda or an outline of things that they want to cover. So it seems a little bit more structured. Um, Some may focus heavily on things like childhood experiences. Some may focus more on your emotional experiences. Some may, and that is going to be dependent on the theoretical orientation as well as your needs and your yeah in your style um i personally have a theoretical orientation that's very structured and homework based and activity based but if i know i'm working with a client that just does not like that style i gotta adjust like it's not going to work for me forcing my client to meet my my um style so i think that's one thing just to know it's going to vary from clinician to clinician and also, if there is something that you would like to address in your session, you are you you are paying for it. So yes, don't be afraid yes, to say, yes. I was hoping to talk about X, Y, and Z. Or something may have happened between your last session and this one that you really had no plans of, mm-hmm. didn't think it would even be a thing, but something could have happened. So you can also say, hey, something came up last night and it's bothering more than what I thought about. Is it okay if we, can we talk about it? Yeah. When things like that do come up, if your therapist by chance says, I definitely think that's something important to talk about. However, I'm, I think maybe a referral to another therapist who specializes in that, that does not mean that you brought in something that's too big for the room to hold, right? It doesn't mean that you messed up and you're like, oh goodness, this person can't like work with me anymore. What did I do? Did I do something wrong? It just means that based off of differing theoretical orientations, there may be a therapist that specializes in what you brought up and can handle it in a way that's going to be more beneficial. Of course, it doesn't mean that you're never going to see that therapist again. They're going to cut you off right then, but they may start the process of referral to someone who could um, better specialize in what you might be looking for or what you may be needing to express and talk about. So I do like to bring that up. 
Um, so as we said, you know, the, the, the process of therapy might look different from theoretical orientation, but the, the biggest, you know, focus needs to be telling them what you need, telling them what's going on, because as long as they know what, what's going on, and maybe you don't know exactly what you need, but you just know what's not working for you. If you can just tell them, look, this is what's going on in my life and it is not working for me. That's at least a good starting point because I can tell you from experience, you know, going in and working three and four weeks with someone who's coming in and telling you, well, I'm coming in to, you know, work on time management and, you know, procrastination when really the issues were there, they are having problems with their interpersonal relationships. Like it, we know because everything that we're doing, we're like bumping into a wall because nothing's changing because that's not even what you're here for. But you're not telling us what what's really going on. And it's a waste of your time and it prevents us from being able to help you with really, you know, what you need. So it's just really helpful to be honest. And I, I absolutely had a client once where that's what they came in saying that that was what was going on for them. And I just remember hating our sessions coming up and I was like, oh God, this person, he, this guy is a jerk. Like he's annoying. You know, he, he just, his whole presentation is just off putting. And, you know, as part of my supervision, my supervisor said, how would you feel about saying that to your client? And I was like, <laughs> girl, I can say that. <laughs> I can tell him, you know, and it was like, so, And, you know, but the point that she was trying to make is what you're picking up on are interpersonal issues. And you're trying to figure out, like, how are other people experiencing this person outside of therapy, which fit with her theoretical orientation, right? And so when I presented that and I said, you know, can I just be honest with you? I hate Tuesdays because we have sessions together and I find you to be unpleasant to work with. And from that moment on, we had the most authentic, open, wonderful therapy sessions. Wow. Because when I said that, he was like, yeah, I get that a lot from people. Mm -hmm. And then it opened up into him saying, that's really why I'm here. I have been struggling to make friends. I've been struggling to like interact with the opposite sex, you know, and I'm just having a really hard time. And from there, you know, I was able to be like, well, you kind of got to stop being such an asshole, you know? (laughs) Um, And we just were able to have a really authentic therapeutic relationship. And we could kind of look at, this is how I experience you in the room. What does this look like? Do you see these same kinds of things happening? And so this is just to say that when you are honest and authentic, that's when the work can start to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I like your use of the term, just like process, therapeutic relationship, um, work happening, because I think oftentimes with therapy, people come into the mindset of like, this will fix it like immediately because I go to talk to a therapist. Now I'm going to be fixed um, or healed or things are going to be better after that first session. And so knowing that it's a process that cannot be rushed, um, we can try to rush it, um, but it cannot be rushed. And so just being patient with the process and knowing that some days you will walk out feeling like you've got these really great, revelations about life and sometimes you will not sometimes you'll walk out and you might feel worse you may feel a little bit more like beat up and tired and overwhelmed Um, and that's a part of the process you know and so being able to talk about that process with your therapist and saying last time I felt horrible when I left I did not want to come back you know, and like being able to share that and talk about that can be really helpful with unlocking doors as you're going through the journey. One of the things that um, I was always taught was if you do your job right, you will work yourself out of a job. That is the role of the therapist is to work themselves out of you needing 
them. You know, we want to give you skills so that you can manage these things successfully um, and independently or with resources, right? So um, just keep that in mind. You know, if you're not going to therapy in order to learn and to grow and to have something to build yourself with, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. then it's, it's going to not necessarily be a beneficial process for you if, you if you're not ready. Yeah, I like sometimes I call it nasty medicine. Um, <laughs> and I usually tell my clients, like, there are going to be days when you don't like me um, because of some things I may be asking you to do and challenging you on. Um, and there are going to be some days you're going to dread going to therapy because you may not want to feel like addressing this stuff that you've been doing such a good job of kind of suppressing or, or brushing under the rug. So it's, it's a process. It's something that takes time. And there isn't a number of sessions that anyone can guarantee when you will start seeing results. So I think being patient with yourself yes. um, because you're a human, right? It didn't, the stuff that you're dealing with didn't happen overnight. So it's not going to take overnight to um, work through it. So I would say just kind of my overall advice with therapy is going back to that openness and, and um, pushing through when it gets tough. Yeah. Now there's a difference between it's tough and I'm just not connecting to my therapist. So kind of knowing the difference between that. And I think part of that is what Erica was saying about how open are you in session? Because if you're closed off, you're not going to connect. If you're hiding parts of who you are, and I get it, and your therapist knows it, it takes time. Therapists know their clients lie to them all the time. Like we know that. Yeah. All the time. Uh, all the and time. we know that it takes time. We have to earn your trust. Right. Uh, but the thing about earning trust is you have to give people the opportunity to hold something. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, just wanted to kind of get that out the way that therapy is not always going to be like, oh my God, my life has changed. It's been three months yes. and I'm a whole new person. No, it may take yeah. a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah for some before that first revelation hit yes, right. you know and therapy is hard work I one of my and you know I try not to get on my soapbox too much with that but one of the things that I think is very unfortunate with the rise of talking about mental health and people seeking mental health um, is that oftentimes people don't talk about the work that comes along with mental health, um, especially celebrities. They talk about going to therapists, but they don't talk about like, it's hard work Um, and it is a process. And so there may be times where you are doing the work. Like I often say as as a psychologist, I get the easy job. Like I get to sit in here and sound smart. And, you know, I sit in the same chair every time you come to see me, it's comfortable. You know, you have to go out and live in the world with these skills that we're honing in a 50 minute session, you know, and for me, it was a a 30 minute session. Right. And so you're having to go out and do the work. You have the hard job. And so knowing that therapy is a lot of work and it is hard. Change is hard. Humans, we don't like change. It's rough. It's difficult. Our body fights against it at every level. And so it's different. It's it's really hard. And so knowing that as therapists, we know that it's difficult. We don't expect you to come in and be healed in two sessions. I always say, I don't have the juice. I'm not that powerful. I cannot. You talking to me is not going to change your life automatically. Um, We understand that it is hard and we want to walk with you through that very hard process. And so that's where that honesty comes in with we 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 really just want you to be honest because we know it's hard not because we just want you to tell us everything um so that's a part of of the process so i think the last thing i wanted us to touch on very quickly is um you know recently there were you know some individuals who were asking about wanting a specific type of therapist and so um there are psychologists There are licensed professional social workers or LPCs. There are licensed clinical social workers. Did I say that already? Okay. Licensed clinical social workers. LCSWs. Um, Also, it's different for every state, the designation. Yeah, it is. That's true. There are what licensed mental health practitioners. Yeah, LMFTs. 
There's yeah, licensed marriage, marriage and, and family, family therapists. therapists. So there are different um, trainings or, or areas where you can find a therapist. So again, that's why it's going to be important for you to know what is it that you need and then, you know, ask those important questions to someone that you're finding to see if they're able to meet that need from a professional standpoint. Um, So, you know, it's always nice to get people like recommendations from other people. However, just keep in mind that what someone else was going to therapy for, um, their therapist may do wonders for that particular issue, whereas that person may not be a fit for you. So it's just really important for you to talk to and really research who you're going to. Yes. And I think it's fine to ask, well, I know it's fine to ask what someone's licensure or training is. So being able to ask, you know, are you um, trained as a psychologist? Are you trained as a social worker? Are you trained as a marriage and family therapist? Are you trained as a clinical counselor? Like all of these things are okay to ask. And then the next question is like, what does that mean? How is that different? Like, how is that going to impact our sessions basically? Um, Or the work that we do together. And then if you know that someone's trained as um, a licensed clinical social worker, you can look up what that means. Um, You don't have to go into the technicalities if that's not important to you. But if it is, you can always look up what that means and look up, you know, what is required of them um, in their training. So I will add, and this will probably get me stoned by all of APA. There really isn't any research that shows that one is better than the other. Um, True that. It's about what your fit is and what your need. And I think it's easy when you're in either profession, everybody wants to fight for the top. And I'm just like, whatever, I don't care what you are. Are you good at what you do or can you help? So, and I, I think too, for most people, who are not in the profession, they don't even know the designation. I've never been asked, what does it mean when you are a intern versus a, like people just want help. So I think it's important to know the the fit of what that person's background is because there are certain situations where marriage and family therapists may be way more equipped than I am with a PhD in psychology, right? Because they have spent, the last however many years focusing specifically on the dynamics yes. around marriage and family. Um, and there may be times when a psychologist may be a better fit because they have focused on trauma in a way, or you may have a LPC who has focused specifically on ADD. So on substance abuse yeah. or something. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, going yeah. back to, again, you may be in a place where you don't have all these options. So exactly. I don't, I, I, you know, I don't want anyone to think that there's like a, Hier- I mean, in hierarchy. my head, there is a hierarchy, but that's based on ego. That has nothing to do with actual. Right. <laughs> with actual facts. Yeah, that's right. Just, I, I'm going to always think the thing that I chose is the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, but I think that's a good point, though, because I do get a lot. And we were just talking about this before the show, a lot of requests for psychologists specifically. And I think. You know, oftentimes when you dig a little deeper and say, why are you looking just for a psychologist? It's like, well, that's what I was told to look for, you know. And so being able to know that sometimes you may not have that available or just because someone is a psychologist does not mean that they are, you know, expert in a certain area that you may be looking for. And so being a little, you know, open and loose with those boundaries can help you with finding a good fit. And so the overall takeaway here is like, we are advocates for improving mental health. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and that means wherever you can get that support. So for life coach, sorry. Is, <laughs> that's the opinion for... of April Scott and not anyone else. <laughs> and Shari, they, <laughs> no one Unless that's all you got. But, yeah. Sorry. I mean. Life coaches are not mental health professionals. Uh, that's not. Bad. Yeah. Their training, um, we won't go down there. But ask about training. Yeah. That's all but I if have. that's the if that's your <laughs> stepping stone into services, again, that's we good are reframe, Erica. <laughs> we uh, that is great. That's a good reframe, boo. <laughs> Erica for the reframe. <laughs> we encourage yeah. you to take whatever first steps you need to take towards 
improving your mental health. We encourage you to continue to ask us questions. Um, We love to be a support for our listeners if you need help. Again, I know we've mentioned a few places, a few resources. Again, um, want to direct you to Psychology Today. That is a national, um, what do you call it? Directory, Directory. supposedly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, directory for you to be able to find um, licensed verified therapists. So they have to go through a verification process to even be included on this page. Um, So that is a good place to start. Again, like to plug uh, Therapy for Black Girls website um, as they um, also provide a specific space for people who are looking to find therapists um, that are um, Black, African American, minority status, Um, So just encourage you, and if you're not sure, please, again, we encourage you to reach out to us um, to assist you in, you know, we don't know all of the resources, but we're certainly here to assist you in helping you find those things um, if you need it. Certainly. Absolutely. We love therapy. Just do something. (laughs) <laughs> yes just don't yes. try just to act. figure it out on y'all yeah yeah act. you don't have to figure it out on your own so you. you know that's what i always say yeah. yeah you don't have to do this by yourself yes. um that's what we're here for yes that's good yes. all right so we are now into our send one your love segment um where we want to send our love and positive energy and vibes out to a person thing or entity out there in the world that may have made us smile or just touched our heart um, would anyone like to go first? Um, I will send my love out to my husband who has been so wonderful about washing these dishes as of late. <laughs> um, so we moved into um, a new house that it's a fixer upper, or I guess it's not really a fixer upper. It's an, a house that needs updating. Yes. And we have this janky dishwasher that just yeah and I am one that I need my dishes to be clean but she is not about that washing dishes everyday life <laughs> and, yes. and I know he realizes like I'll be like I'll wash them I'll wash them and like you know we start with three dishes and then we got eight dishes oh and y'all got multiple people yes oh yes so yeah um I want to send my love out to him because he doesn't complain when he, cause he knows when I say I'm a wash him, I'm a wash him, that he's gonna end up washing those dishes. <laughs> <laughs> but that will change because we are getting our kitchen remodeled. Um, yeah. Um, all of that stuff is supposed to be in, I believe, in the next two weeks. Nice. And so we are also getting a new dishwasher as part of that remodel. So Hallelujah. as long as I can rinse those bad boys out and start loading that dishwasher and turn it on at the end of the night. Like the dishes will stay on point, but right now when that dishwasher was on bus, she was like, yeah, this is not going to work. So shout out. To I was going to say Labor Day sales are coming. Yes. So. Oh, exactly yeah. I need a vacuum waiting. cleaner. That's exactly what we're waiting on to buy our appliances. We have a few appliances that we're going to be updating. So um, I want to send my love to... My family in Louisiana just kind of struggling, getting everything back to what could be considered normal. Um, Had like a really long three-way conversation with my brother, my sister, and my mom. I guess it was a four-way conversation around just like making sure everything was good. So it was really good to to see or to talk to them um, because I haven't seen my family since December. Um, So um, it was just really good to like talk to them all at one time. Um, usually talk to them separately. So it was just good to like talk with them all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to send my love to them and, um, yeah, just have y'all pray for Louisiana, yeah. um, yeah. as they're rebuilding. For sure. Um, I would like to send my love out, um, to a couple of people who have experienced, um, loss of parents recently um so one is a gym gym mate paula uh who lights up a room every time she enters she's probably the only person i know who's excited at the beginning middle and end of a workout <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. who um lost her mom this week and to um to terrence who had a, a opportunity to do his podcast who lost his mom and dad within 
pretty like 30 30 days of um each other so just sending out love to all those who are experiencing any type of loss i mean we all have this collective loss that we're grieving um but just sending a warm virtual hug out there to all of us who are dealing with grief and mourning and we're not able to mourn in the way that you know we're used to with hugging people i know gathering and the family hour like we don't have that opportunity anymore so that definitely impacts it so um sending my love out to everyone who's dealing with that right now yeah for sure prayers to um both of those individuals um definitely yeah well all right you guys we have made it through another episode of three psychs and a mic um so thank y'all for listening if you've listened thus far um you can always always um listen to us on any of the platforms for podcasts spotify apple play google play all of those different things we ask that as you're listening to us you um like and rate each show um if you've done a like or a rating go and like and rate again um thank you for that um and so always tell friends about us you know um subscribe all of those things if you have questions or specific things that you would like for us to address you can always email us or hop into those dms um our email is three psychs and a mic at gmail.com but you can always send us messages on facebook or instagram and as we always say thank you all for listening um we appreciate you and hopefully you are finding these shows enlightening so we will listen or Talk to y'all next week. Yeah. I was going to say, listen to y'all. <laughs> like, we did that. We'll talk to y'all <laughs> <Yeah>. next week. <laughs> bye, everybody. Yeah, bye. Bye. Have a good one. <laughs>